Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you have found the ultimate podcast for your pro wrestling needs. You've tuned into the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast with your weekly dose of what's happening in the world of professional wrestling. We bring you the latest in WWE, AEW, and much more. Now, here are your hosts of the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast, Rob T and Kayfay Chris. Hey, yo. What's up, Chico? What's up, everybody? Yep, that's right. It is Rob T and... K-Fabe Chris. And we are here with the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. And that music you heard right there was for the late, great Razor Ramon, better known as Scott Hall. And today, our show is going to be all about Scott Hall. The this bad is guy. The bad guy. It's a tribute. Um, we lost him yesterday. Now... For a special episode such as this, we do happen to have a special guest with us, joining us. Um, honestly, how I came about asking him to come on was uh, he, I saw his post last night on, last night on Facebook, saw that uh, Razor Ramon was one of his favorite characters growing up. I just thought, you know what, let me ask the homie if he wants to come through. And he said, yeah, so he is with us. So joining us in studio today Mr. Gaston Flores of the band Relent, the awesome drummer. What's up, Gaston? Yo, what's up? How you doing, Hello, hello. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. I'm so glad you could make it, bro. Um, I wish it was on a better note. Yeah, more happier. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. But um, I don't know, man. I I know everybody's still reeling from the news of uh, Scott Hall's death, but I really want to try to make today's show be a celebration because at the end of the day he left us a lot of great memories you know as wrestling fans so since you're our guest Gaston let let me kick it off this way um you said he was one of your favorites growing up one of my favorites yeah Yeah. so what's the first memory you have of Razor Ramon so he came on the scene I want to say what was it 92 93 right right um, I was born in 86, so that would have made me, I'm not good at math. A lot younger than me. Yeah, I was like, what, <laughs> seven when I got Probably. Like, into, really? Um, so, I mean, being new to watching wrestling, I really didn't know much or, you know, or the, any of the gimmicks or anything like that. Right. But there's this one dude that stood out that I was like, man, like, this dude's pretty cool. Right. And um, this was like when he first started, so he didn't really have... Uh, the the strength and character that he had um like his second or third year in right so this is like the pre this Shawn is like, michaels yeah this is the, match yeah, for thing. sure the pre Shawn yeah. michaels for yeah. sure um i remember for some reason i stopped watching wrestling for a little bit and i didn't get back in till around around that time okay. of that of that uh that match right and i think that was the match that like did it for me uh because yeah i knew Shawn michaels you know san antonio of course like, everybody knew yeah uh but man, this dude, like his gimmick, his like the cool guy, the bad guy, like For hey sure. yo, and then he throws his toothpick at you. Yeah. Like yeah. I was like, bro, like that's that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. 
And that was the first time, um, like, as a kid, rooting for the bad guy. Yeah. You yeah, know, that's true. The whole time, I'm, ro- I'm rooting for the heroes and, like, you know, like, the Batmans and Supermans. Right. You're, you're, you know, your Hulk Hogan's and your, you know. Yeah, Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior, the, the American, you know, family thing, you know. Right, right, right. And then, you know, here comes this, this dude that captivates the kids and yeah. everyone watching. And now these people that you know followed heroes are following this bad guy yeah and he yeah. would say yeah. it yeah he was yeah he was the bad guy and uh okay chris now your turn what is your first uh, recollection of being a fan of razor or just your first recollection of razor coming on the scene uh razor coming on the scene for me was i know i mentioned you before like one of the more bigger ones was when he you know kind of jumped ship to wcw but before that i had to say it was during his feud with the one two three kid yeah, you know yeah. when he was just a kid, and you know he uh, he put him over, right? You right. know on Raw, and yeah. turned him into one three one two three kid. Yeah, you know? I remember that. I remember that. I remember. <laughs> now as an adult, the 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 thing I remember the most about that match is that pin. Yeah, I watched. Having, I watched having, it again today. <laughs> and uh, do you remember the pin? It man, it it kind of feels familiar. Okay, but, so so Sean Waltman one two three yeah, kid X Pot yeah. had his face buried in Scott Hall's junk. Pretty much. I, I think, mean, we're talking. I think, like, yeah, I think it was yeah, outside. Yeah. I think one, two, three kid had his junk forced it? into okay. Scott Hall's. One of them had. It's a razor's uh, face. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, okay, that's that's one hell of a pin, but all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, and we're still talking about it to this exactly, day. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now I will say this: my earliest memory was actually that uh, I remember seeing the vignettes and thinking, "Who is this dude?" You yeah. Know? Um, I remember because back when I was a kid, it was always this thing like my parents always reminded us we were Mexicans, right? You know, so I'm like thinking, wait, we're what? <laughs> <laughs> we're Mexicans, Gaston. Did you know that? <laughs> um, we're Caucasianly challenged, sir. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I remember being so like, like, is is he Mexican? Like, what? You know, you know what I mean? Like. Not if my freaking like ten year old self would have known that you know he wasn't even Latin, right? At the Cuban, <laughs> yeah, he's Cuban. To be Cuban. I'm Cuban, B. <laughs> Cuban. And you know what's funny is that um, obviously growing up, I didn't. I mean, I watched a lot of movies, but one of the movies I didn't watch till I was a little older during the time Scarface. frame when he got this Scarface, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you see, you know, his uh, character kind of stem from yeah. the Tony Montana and the Manny right. uh, characters on that show on that movie so one of my one of my most favorite promos he did back then he was sitting at a table it looked like it was a Mexican restaurant I think it was actually oh I remember this <laughs> you remember that one yeah. yeah he's all like he's all like I'm just living the life good food good chicas good drink and then that guy comes and get what's this man and he's all like you want me to pay the ticket man you expect you know who I am man would you like me to clear the table and he just throws, just throws all the it stuff off on the table yeah. yep. oh man that was like a memorable memorable character um, I did that at Red Robin once yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like what $17 for a cheeseburger you want me to pay for this do you know who I am he's like screw Red Robin yum <laughs> wasn't even yum oh yeah, so that was one of my my earliest memories. But yeah, he became he rose up like quick. Everybody knew who Razor Ramon was, and uh, it was interesting because he was the bad guy for the long time. He was mm-hmm. a heel. Yeah, and then uh, when he went face, it was crazy because he was still like 
bad, but mm-hmm. it was cool to be bad. Yeah, exactly. That I think that's really when yeah. it kind of started because everybody gives credit to Stone Cold for that. But and do you recall there was an episode of the Jerry Springer show? Yes. Where he went on, um, and I was looking back at it, uh, looking up on it today, about I guess there were some two teenagers that had false ceremoniously got married on the Jerry Springer show. Right, right. And so Razor went on there. One happened to be, I think it was a cancer patient, and the other one was a big fan of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And Razor handed him the Intercontinental title because he was holding the title at the time. Right. I think this was right after he the ladder match okay okay um and then he gave him free tickets to wrestlemania oh wow yeah and then it turns out that he didn't actually wrestle on that show because he was under suspension oh wow yeah so wow that's but crazy. for him to you know step out of that i mean he was still in character yeah but in a way step out of that character to for a fan yeah 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 even anything. on a talk show like jerry springer to do something that awesome yeah i mean that's cool yeah wow that's crazy i think i, I, I just want to also want to point out though gaston's over here is rocking some bling Oh, he is. Rocking yeah. some Razor is Ramon. Honor? Is this the yeah. honor, Razor? Well, you hey, saw him walk could. in, you saw him walk in with a strut. I got gold around my neck. I was like, <laughs> I said, I got one piece I can put around my neck. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely an unforgettable character. A creation of Vince McMahon, because that yes. was Vince's idea, but it's uh, Scott Hall that put the character in there. Right. Because um, I was watching a documentary today, uh, Life on the Razor's Edge. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that one? I haven't. Okay, it's really good. It's on the network. Yeah, uh, it's not long. It's only about an hour. It's only about an hour long. It's really good. But anyway, um, in let there, me, he, let me get your login. <laughs> <laughs> in there, he does mention that he was trying. He he had the good mic skills. He said he had the mic skills. He had the the technique in the ring, but he didn't have anything to say. And he said he told Vince, um, you know, have you ever seen Scarface? And Vince was like, no. And then he tells Vince about Scarface, and he starts acting like Scarface. And that's when Vince was like, that's the guy. Yeah, because if you remember, when he was in WCW prior to coming back or coming into WWE or WWF at the time, he was uh, working with Diamond Dallas Page as the Diamond Stud. He was. So he kind of had his own mouthpiece, so he didn't have an opportunity to really to express really himself yeah, yeah, yeah and do his promos i mean he spoke but not to the extent he did when he got into that character right 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 so so i i mentioned this on a, on a facebook post yesterday uh how scott hall it basically was part of our childhood and our adolescence because the first part he was razor ramon and then going into wcw becoming scott hall the out yeah. with the outsiders it was it was almost like it kind of was coming from the same character but they were two different characters yeah and honestly to add on to that i think that we can credit him for everything that he accomplished later on in life in our adulthood okay all the challenges he overcame yeah for sure you know and showing us that it is you're possible to overcome certain things for sure sure. definitely yeah for sure so my uh esteemed colleague here who i love to death because he is the the guy with the stats and yeah, <laughs> he's got some stats for us. So let's let's talk about the beginning of Scott Hall, Scott Hall's career because, to my surprise, and this was just a few years ago, you know, you think Razor Ramon comes in. I'm thinking this guy's just kind of off the streets or whatever. Right. But no, Scott Hall's actually been in the business for since the '80s. Since the '80s, he actually started his career in 1984. Yeah, in the. Um NWA's, I guess it was like a branch off territory for them. Right. Called Florida Territory Championship Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. From Florida, CWF. Yeah. Um, and he started out there in a tag team uh, called America Starship along with uh, Dan Spivey. 
Okay. Was Starship Eagle, and then he was a Starship Coyote. Was that when he was rocking the porn stash? Yes. <laughs> nice. Man, they, I think they used to call him on the promos like the Tom Selleck lookalike, just yeah. bigger. He was just bigger. He was just bigger, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I've seen those pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was big, bro. He was, he was, he was huge. Big. He was yeah. big. Even uh, I uh, listened to Busted Open earlier, mm-hmm. and Tommy Dreamer was talking about how he's even bigger than him. Like, not very many guys are big enough, bigger than him. Right, And right. he felt tiny next to Scott wow. Hall. Wow, wow. That's so, crazy. That's crazy. So he started his career 84. 84. And tell us a little bit more. And, uh, you know, he was trained by Hiro Matsuda. Oh, wow. Um, and then, of course, when he went into uh, Florida, he started to train with Dusty Rhodes, nice. uh, Mike Rotunda, and Barry Windham. Nice. So That explains a lot of that charisma because when yeah. you're talking about the American dream, baby, yeah. you got that charisma. Well, he, he even says charisma. that, you know, he was a huge Dusty fan. Yeah, for sure. You know, and he wanted to make not only a name for himself in Florida, but in his hometown also, yeah. so. Talking uh, about all those hot times, baby. Hot times, how to rock a polka dot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, you know, he eventually did have a tryout early on with WWF. Okay. Uh, just a tryout match, didn't sign or anything. Right. So um, he ended up going into WCW, working as a Diamond Stud. It was a gimmick that he proposed to Diamond Dallas Page, who was Diamond Dallas Page was more of like a manager than a right. Like he was just talent. he was more of a manager. I mean, I think he started off like as a valet or driving a. Driving uh, for uh, who was he driving for? It was a WrestleMania. He showed up driving for somebody. I don't remember that. Um, yeah, I can't recall off the top of my head, which you know I feel bad about. But uh, but yeah, he did the Diamond Stud gimmick with Diamond Dallas Page, and of course, like we mentioned, Diamond Dallas was kind of his mouthpiece at and that he time. He seemed even bigger. He did during the Diamond Stud phase because I saw yeah. the clip of that because I was watching that yeah. documentary today. Yeah, and they showed a clip when uh, Diamond Dallas Page introduces him, and he came out, dude. Huge. His boobs were bigger than my wife. Huge. And maybe he was hanging out with Lex Luger too much. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe, could be. He was big. Yeah. Because he mentioned that he had, um, when he started training, he would like in Florida got a subscription or membership to like five different wrestling yes, gyms. Yes, he wanted to be around. Gyms. He, yeah, he wanted were. to be around where the wrestlers were, you know. Um, and during that time, of course, he went through some hardships, you know. Right. Um, right. But Which yeah. We'll get into We'll later. get into later. Um, a couple of. Uh, Things that he, he wrestled in promotion wise before he kind of jumped from WCW into WWF, WWE. Uh, we already mentioned the CWF in Florida. Right. Uh, American Wrestling Association, the AWA. Right. That was when he tag team with um, oh, Kurt Hennig. Kurt Hennig. That's yes. Right. Kurt right. Hennig. And he met Shawn Michaels for the first time. I know that. Yes, he did. Um, and then, of course, you know, World Champions. Do you know that, Gaston? Do you know your wrestling history? I didn't know that. No, <laughs> but you I can, I can, pic- I can picture their hair podcast. right now. Yeah, they have like that little. Who? Oh my gosh! Like the, Charlie's the, Angels haircut, yeah. <laughs> like flowing the, in the wind. The like, Farrah Fawcett. Yeah, there you, you go. The Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> that, that bushy mullet. Yeah, exactly. With, with that porn stash. Yeah, exactly. rocking it perfectly. Man, I want to rock that. <laughs> Y'all should bring that back. I think we should. I think we should. Um, and of course, like I said, as a Diamond Stud in World Championship Wrestling, um, he did a little bit of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh wow! As well, so uh, a couple of stints in there, and then he wrestled for CWA Catch Wrestling Association. Uh-huh. Uh, went to the World Wrestling Council in Puerto Rico. Oh wow! So he probably got some you so know firsthand Carlos Colon and all yeah, of them up there. Yeah, in that okay. in that promotion itself, Colon. Colon. Um, Not colon. <laughs> colon. <laughs> Say it right. Carlos Colon. Carlos Colon. <laughs> he makes sure everything comes out great. <laughs> I thought you he said you were, you're a Mexican, dude. What's going on here? 
Sorry, go right ahead. <laughs> wow. Um, and then eventually hey, you go. You know how to sound Puerto Rican when you talk? I don't think just so. Say, just say, just speak. If you can speak Spanish, speak it, but act like you have water in your mouth and you'll sound Puerto Rican. Hola, lo que no eres. All my Puerto Rican fans out there, I'm so sorry. I love you all. We at the Mega Power for Wrestling Podcast. Do not condone that kind of behavior. <laughs> um, all right, so after WCW, uh, his uh, run with uh, WWF at the time was with the character Razor Ramon. Right. Which right. is basically put him... On the map. On the map, put him in a mainstream for everybody to kind of know who this guy was. Um... And then, of course, we saw that he would leave eventually, which we're going to the details about that, but he would leave to go back to WCW. Right. This time under his own name, right. Scott Hall. Right. Along with his buddy, Kevin Nash. Right. So um, let's actually stop right there because okay. I think that's a good place to really dig into some stuff. Okay. Because as Razor Ramon, he was extremely successful. Let's go back to that match with him and Shawn Michaels uh, at WrestleMania, the latter match, right? Yeah. That match itself set a precedent for everything we got after that mm-hmm. if the heart if they hadn't had that match the hardy boys would not have seen that yeah. and been who they are now all of these guys that wrestled those ladder matches that they're famous for the dudleys uh the hardys uh, edge and christian they have all credited that match for getting them into wrestling to yeah. liking wrestling well that yeah. set the bar right there exactly. that did set the bar like, that was a huge exactly bar. And that was, uh, I mean, just thinking about it now, dude, it was one of those old orange ladders. Right. They wouldn't paint it black like exactly. they are now. Like, this was a real, not that those ladders aren't real, don't get me wrong. Some of them are gimmicked now, right. nowadays. But back then, that was the real deal ladder. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? And they didn't do a lot of the spots that are done now, of course. But, man, that match was awesome. It was. Now, I, we got to not... I want to say give credit, but also give part to Shawn Michaels because, in all honesty, you think about how that match came about. Okay, Shawn Michaels was on suspension. He was, and he was the Intercontinental Championship at the time. Right, and we know from documentaries that he refused to return the belt. Yeah, because he was a little prick. He, he was <laughs> he, at that time. Yes, he was. So they end up holding a twenty-man battle royal uh, with the last three remaining men would fight for right. a title shot or become the vacant right. Intercontinental Championship, which came down to Scott Hall and Rick Martel. Ah, Rick Martel. Mm-hmm. Yes. I remember him. Was this when he was doing his model gimmick? Yes, the model Rick Martel. That? I do. He had that yes. spray that he would spray. Yeah. In the ring. He had, uh, what was it, pink chones, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I that. See, when he did it, it was cool. When I do it, it's, y'all just laugh at me. <laughs> but it's whatever. So Those are different chones, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get the pink ones. <laughs> Those didn't have a the, hole in the front. <laughs> <laughs> They're crotchless. <laughs> so we see... Um, Razor Ramon win the Intercontinental Championship. At this time, Shawn Michaels comes back, right. and that sets up the who is the true champion, right. and eventually leads to the match at WrestleMania right. 10. Do you remember why Shawn was suspended? Drugs. Yeah. Yeah. I and think it was pills, right? Well, he claims yeah. he didn't take steroids. Yeah, he said that he got tested for steroids, but I think his words on the documentary was like, I'm a chubby... Yeah, under 140 year old. He was hanging out with uh, Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash, time, right? And he was eating what Kevin Nash was eating. Right. Gross. Um, yeah. Well, 
I mean, not the same thing. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Lady of the Tramp style with, like, the, with the little spaghetti. Baby bird. <laughs> so, Here's Sean. I'm going to feed you. You need to grow. <laughs> so, yeah. So, if Kevin Nash, like he said in the documentary, was eating a stack of pancakes. Right. Shawn Michaels was eating a stack of pancakes. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. But He, he does, was kind of hefty back then. He was. He was. Yeah. He did say that back then he was taking so many pills that there was a possibility that somebody gave him something and he just right. took it. But right. he still, well, at least at the, at the time of the documentary, he stated that he had never taken steroids. Can so. I say something real quick? Yeah, yes. Of course. That's what they all say, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he took something. Let's right. be real. Come on. It's 2022. I mean, everybody was, because if you look at the wrestlers at that time, oh, it, sure. including Scott Hall, for sure. like you said, he was big. And then when you see him down coming to Razor Ramon and going to, you know, Scott yeah. Hall giving WCW, he slimmed down. Big time. You know, big time. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't yeah. doubt it. Yeah, I'm sure. But I don't know if this is true, but I think I heard that Vince McMahon actually condoned that from the beginning before it got like legal stuff. And well, like, there's always I been believe, ru- there's know? always been rumors that yeah. he likes the big guys. Yes, yeah. that's you what know? he wanted. Which is yeah. kind of weird, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> got some issues there. Um, <laughs> so that match ended up at WrestleMania 10. The uh, interesting thing about here, I, I found out that. That was the first WrestleMania that did not include Hulk Hogan, who oh, wow. happened to be the face of, you know, from the inception of WrestleMania. Right, right. He was a face. Of that was kind of getting geared towards Bret Hart. Ah, now, if you look yeah. at that match or that pay-per-view, we know that uh, it was Owen versus Bret Hart. Which was a great Brother match. versus Brother was a great yeah. match. But what's the match that came out that everyone talks about? The ladder match. The ladder match. Yeah. You he know. stole the show. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So, so. I honestly couldn't tell you what other match was on that bill. I wouldn't even have remembered that, that Brett and Owen was on that pay-per-view if you didn't say that, honestly, because that's the only match that sticks that's out. That's why I'm here, fellas. And that was WrestleMania 10, right? Yeah. Yep, WrestleMania 10. Yeah. The only reason I remember is because I that was, that, was the, that was the one after the controversial Royal Rumble where uh, Lex Luger and Bret Hart, so they both were going to get a title shot right, at WrestleMania. Right. So the opening match was Brett and Owen, and then right. later on, Brett would beat Yokozuna for the title. That's what I remember, yeah. So, I remember yeah. the Brett and Yokozuna fight. Yeah. yeah. But still, that match outshines all of them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, um, okay, so that was the match that not only put the ladder match on the map, but definitely put Scott Hall on the map. So we go in, and big things are happening. Uh, Razor Ramon's going strong. Then, of course, you got Diesel, and, and the click basically is right, going strong. Right, the click this, is formed through that. Right, throughout this whole time. Uh, because Diesel wasn't there yet at the time of this right, match. Right. So it was just kind of like Sean and... Uh, and um, Scott yeah. rolling with the kid right. with Sean Maltman and then of course Sean decided to bring in the bodyguard gimmick with Diesel right. they started rolling together and then right. eventually Triple, Triple H. H came in right. and you're right they formed the clique yeah so that was uh, I don't know how many years exactly when was the Wrestlemania 10? 96 right? yes 96 so we're talking what 98 when Scott left so two years no no it was uh, Wrestlemania would have been like a 94 oh, okay yeah, okay yeah. I then he say, left in 96. That's right. That's okay. right. Yeah. Yeah, he left so, so two years. Right. Two years, and then all of a sudden the click's running things. And so what ends up happening, for those that don't know, but who doesn't know by this point, right? Um, Scott Hall gets offered a guaranteed contract. Right. With Huge w- contract. Huge, Huge contract. contract. With WCW, four less days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And WWE wasn't doing that kind of thing no. at the time. So he said it. He didn't want to leave WWE, but come on, how are you going to turn down that kind of an offer? Right, guaranteed money, exactly. less work, I mean. exactly, and major TV time, exactly. and, that, yeah. and that's what you want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So 
He says, uh, and, and it's fresh on my mind because I saw the documentary today, he says that he went to Vince because he noticed that his pay had plateaued. And he asked Vince, what more do I need to do to get to that level of pay? And Vince told him, I'm happy with what you're doing. You know, you're, you don't need to do anything. And he says, well, I, I want to get up there, you know. So finally, he decided to take the offer, told Vince. Vince couldn't match the offer, and off to WCW he goes. WCW. Yeah, WCW. WCW. Where the big boys play. Wrestling. <laughs> Where and, is billionaire Ted? <laughs> Where yeah. is the nacho man? <laughs> Where is Scheme Gene? <laughs> yep. So, um, what day did that happen on? Uh, you're talking about the curtain call. Uh, well, the curtain call happened before. That right. actually happened the very day before. Yeah. yeah, the very day before. Yeah, so that was what? That was when? May 19th, 1996. Wow. 1996. Yes, yeah, Madison Square that's Garden. That's where it all started. Yeah. That's where it all started. So the war began For those of y'all yeah. that do not know what the curtain call yes, is, please, which, I mean, late. if you are a wrestling fan, you should know what the curtain call is. Um, but the curtain call was the infamous interaction between Shawn Michaels, Scott Hall, Diesel or Kevin Nash and Triple H. So um, at the time, Triple H and Nash were working as heels. Okay, we already knew Nash was leaving that time too. Right. While Michaels and Hall were faces. So um, in the main event, it was Michaels versus Diesel in a steel cage. Okay. Right. Immediately after that match, you know, Shawn Michaels super kicks Diesel and you know wins the match. Right. Immediately after that match, Hall entered the ring and hugged Shawn, which isn't unusual. They're both working as faces at this point. Exactly. Um, but then Triple H decides to go to the ring and he hugs Hall. Yeah. And then followed by Nash, who hugs him as well. Right. And then they embrace in a manly hug. Yeah. You know. But this is the first time that good guys and bad guys are interacting in a way to where they're friendly to each other. Right. And that that's why they call it the curtain Yeah. Call. Now, there was already heat on them from wrestlers in the back because they were rolling together. Right. You know, they're riding together, which was kind of a taboo. You shouldn't, you know, kill right, shouldn't right. ride with faces and vice versa. So, like you said, this is the first time that that was displayed publicly. Correct. Now, it was a house show. So, with Vince giving the okay for this to happen, obviously it went more to an extent than it should have. Yeah. But he, unbeknownst to him, there was a couple of fans who snuck in a camcorder. Yes, yes. And captured this particular incident yes. on camera. Hence, forever breaking kayfabe. Yep, kayfabe was pretty much thrown out the thrown out the window, and it upset a lot of veteran oh, wrestlers. Sure. Still to this day, still to this day, Bruce Pritchard still bitches and moans mm-hmm. about it. So does Jim Cornette. Yep, Jim Cornette bitches and moans about everything. everything. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you're right uh, stupid <laughs> tennis racket. You're right about that though. But yeah, there's a uh, there's a lot of people that feel it hurt the business. But as we know, all these many years later. It didn't hurt the business. No, if anything, I mean, you saw in the documentary, uh, they talk about how they were trying to put other wrestlers over, not yes. just themselves. Yes, a lot of it was for them, but at the same time, they were trying to put a lot of wrestlers over because they wanted to get away from that comedic, childish characters that Super we were seeing, stuff, yeah. you know, early on, like Doink the Clown, right. you know, Repo Man, stuff like that, right. and go to a more Isaac serious Yankum. Isaac Yankum. <laughs> What's that? Uh, the The Gobbler? So I mean they, they're trying to they're trying to benefit the business right. in the long run. Right. And I honestly think it did. Oh, I believe it. You know, yeah, I agree. 
I agree. And so, right after that curtain call, I, I believe it was the very next day, right? Uh, that yeah, I think the curtain call was on the Saturday, and then they keep premiered on so the Monday. Monday, yeah. So that following Monday, uh, Scott Hall makes an appearance at Nitro, and I was telling you, I was watching that Nitro today. Yeah. After work, I was actually watching it. That card sucked. Oh yeah, for sure. It sucked. One of the matches was formerly the Giant. We know him as mm-hmm. Big Show. Uh, so this is when he was still young, and he was wrestling um, the Shark. Uh, who we know is an earthquake. Yes. WWE. Oh, wow. That was one of the matches. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was a match going on that I got to be honest with you to till today. I honestly thought the blonde guy in the ring was a uh, Kurt Hennig and it wasn't, oh, it was yeah. two jobbers, dude, two nobodies on nitro primetime television. Yeah. Wrestling. Wow. And I was like, Watching it today, like who are these jabronis? I don't even know who they are. But the WCW's credit, they may have did that because they didn't want to interrupt an actual main right. event star. Well, it makes sense now, yeah. right? But looking at it as as just a fan trying to go yeah. back in time, it's like the heck. Yeah. But yeah, so then they go to a commercial break in the middle of the match, right? And, and real quick to backtrack, uh, I'm you know we mentioned May 19, nineteen ninety six yes. when the current hall happened. That incident on Nitro didn't happen until May twenty seventh. Oh really? So there was okay. uh, at least oh, a week or week. half, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, prior, you know, after that, that they gotcha. So it was a week after. Okay, right. So yeah, so then they go to commercial. They come back on commentator. On commentary at the time was Tony Schiavone mm-hmm. and Larry Zbysko. So they're calling the match, and all of a sudden, from the back, you see him coming down through the crowd, and you see that you see everybody start turning their heads. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, the camera gets on him. And Tony Schiavone's like, what, 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 what's going on? Nobody said his name, nothing. Yeah. He just gets in the ring and grab. He grabs a mic, gets in the ring, and he was like, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he went on and cut the most famous promo that, in my opinion, started the Monday Night Wars. Right. Yeah. Because that was when it really started. Now, here was the one thing I didn't realize that. The promo he cuts on Eric Bischoff, where he tells Eric Bischoff, you want a war? You're going to get one. And, he, and I was laughing because he was full on Razor yeah. when he was saying it. You know, all the stuff that he was saying, it, it, the accent, it was all there. Right. But at the at, back then, I didn't realize that all happened on the same show. Did you know that? Because he cuts that promo in the middle of the first hour. Mm-hmm. And he cuts the second promo, and Eric Bischoff sitting there with Bobby Heenan, and that happens right before the show ends. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, dang. Because I was telling, we were talking about it earlier, right, Gaston? And Mm -hmm. I told him I didn't remember that show at all. And I think I know why now, because back then, it was all about going back and forth. Yeah. Flipping the channel. Exactly. And I was watching WWE, and I think- I used to record one and watch the other one live. Really? Oh, so yeah. I didn't have to do that. You were you were deep. like I got I, I, I got the same like VHS tapes like at the house like wow of, like Monday night stuff in that era. Yeah, wow, that's I awesome. did I did the same thing because I would always go back and watch Raws like throughout the week that I just saw on Monday. Right, right. You right. know, just because it was good stuff. Right. Oh man, it, that was the that yeah. was. I still think to this day they have not yet even met the amount of energy and oh, just yeah, for sure. awesomeness that the Attitude Era was. Yeah, yeah, for at, sure at all. They have it, yeah. but uh, anyway. So um, yeah, so so I I switched back and forth, and I think what happened was that night I just happened to switch over because it was a commercial. You're watching Raw. Blossom or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
<laughs> no, that was later. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I switched over, and I was watching WCW, and I just so happened to see that live happen with, yeah. with him coming down. And that really just changed the game. So then after that happened, the very next week, I believe it was, is when mm-hmm. Kevin Nash comes in, and things really start rolling. Yeah. Now, did you happen to, Mr. Statistics, did you happen to find out when the bash at the beach was when the NWO formed? Did you happen to get that? Not uh, not the date, but I know that it was like the month after they so debuted. Because they, they were already right? building up about talking about having a match there. Right. So, it was so. About, so about a good month. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. So about a good month, and then we get the beginning of the NWO. Uh, Hulk Hogan cuts his infamous promo that is that we still talk about to this day. Yeah. You know, good guy all this time, and then all of a sudden this happens. Can I say, because we're talking about Scott Hall, if you go back and watch not just that promo, but a lot of the promos where Scott Hall was a part of it, but he may not have been doing the talking, watch him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He is just perfect, man. I mean, his mannerisms, the actions that he's doing. Uh, when Hulk Hogan was talking, he does the shoulder shrug. Yeah. yeah, he does the shaking his head, and then he does the whole with his arms. He does like he just is in his character the entire time. There was one promo that was see Hogan was talking, and someone threw like a drink or something in the ring, and it hit Scott Hall. Yeah, and he just used it to slick his hair back. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. He did do that. Yeah, so he was just a master at his craft. Yeah, you know, not just his technique and stuff in the ring, but just his showmanship. Yeah, you know, he played that part so well and it was just yeah. it was amazing to watch um I, we're gonna take a quick break and then what we're gonna do is we're gonna get into the nwo years All and right. talk a little bit about that because this is where wrestling really starts to change because scott hall was a big integral part of the game being changed because of what he did so when we come back after this break we're gonna talk about the nwo era and we're just gonna go from there because like i said all of today's show it's all about Scott Hall, the bad guy. The so, bad guy. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. Fellas, I know how it is. Your hair and beard are looking rough and you need to get it taken care of right away. The problem is, where do you go? Well, say no more because I have the perfect place just for you. At Hanley's Good Time and Barbershop, you'll get that fresh cut and trim by well trained professionals who know just how to get what you want a man's cut and a man's trim. Dallas, Jawan, and Derek will hook you up with your tailored-to-you cut along with a straight razor shave and a relaxing hot towel treatment. These fellas will give you that old-school treatment where you sit back and relax and unwind while you get back to looking like a gentleman should. When you walk in the door, talk to old Dal and let him know that Rob T. and Kayfabe Chris sent you and he'll offer you a complimentary cold one or shot of whiskey. Stop by 322 West Hopkins Street in San Marcos, Texas, or go online and make your appointment today at HanleysBarbershop.com. Hanley's Good Time and Barbershop, where good times and good vibes make for a great look. Yo, it's survey time. Who wants to continue hearing some great celebration of the life of Scott Hall? Survey says 
That's one more for the good guys. Oh, yeah. I like it. I like it. All right. So, yes, we have been talking about the late, great Scott Hall, who passed away yesterday. Um, Gaston, during the break, was asking what exactly happened. And uh, that made me realize that there may be some people out there listening that don't know what happened. So, um, uh, from what I've read and what I've seen, uh, basically, Scott Hall had a fall at the beginning of March where he broke his hip. And he had to have surgery on the hip. And then the next thing I heard or I saw was that he had complications during the surgery. Ended up having three heart attacks, which is a lot for the heart to take. And then after that, he was put on life support. Don't know exactly how long he was on life support. I just know that uh, the day before yesterday, they said he was on life support. Kevin Nash actually released yes. a, a post um, that said his, he was on life support and they were waiting for the family to come and then that's when they were going to take him off of life support so uh, that's what happened they took him off life support around noontime yesterday and right I guess around 6 is when he passed um, first time I heard about it was through Raw uh, how about you Chris uh, that was actually after you texted me after I texted you yes okay and what about you um, I think it was a tweet from WWE or something like that. Uh-huh. That was what, how yeah. you, okay. Yeah, I was following it throughout the day. I mean, obviously yeah. through the weekend, we knew what was happening. Right. Uh, but, like, I was kind of in and out of doing stuff, so it wasn't until I saw your text that I was like, oh. Man. Yeah. And I called you shortly after that. Yeah, so. yeah. And like I was telling you earlier, I was actually kind of angry at WWE because, like I thought, no, they're they're too early or he's not gone yet because I hadn't seen. I was waiting for like an official report, like on a news site or something that yeah, said he yeah, passed. Yeah. But uh, up until that point, nothing had happened, and then that was the first thing that came on the screen was in memory of Scott Hall, and I was like, what, you know? Yeah. So, but it turned out to be true, and I just gotta say, um, I, I wasn't able to do a raw recap this week because I was honestly too emotional. I'm being real. I told Chris yesterday. I I cried. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was just very touched because the very first thing I love that WWE respects the performers, the wrestlers, the superstars, whatever you want to call them, respects them for who they are because we all know that whether it be Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Hennig, all of these that have passed, they would have wanted the show to continue, right. and that's exactly what WWE did. So. Uh, Kevin Owens was the first to come out to cut a promo and he started his promo by going hey yo yeah, and, yeah. and tribute to, to Scott Hall and then later on um, I think it was in the next segment there was a backstage segment with Kevin and with Seth Rollins and he told Seth Rollins he's like you're a tough guy you know bad times don't last tough guys do remember they like yeah. he quoted yeah. you know uh, Scott Hall so I, I got to give it to him. I thought it was real awesome. And then, of course, later on in the show, they did an actual tribute. Yeah, we, then we can't disregard. Uh, um, we saw Damian Priest come out, do the little strut he did. to the ring. He and did. then he also gave a razor's edge to Finn Balor he on the did. announce table. Oh, nice. Yeah. I missed that. So, yeah, yeah. That was awesome. So there was a lot of love. Corey Graves, man, he couldn't hold it together. Yeah. Like, I saw was, that. Yeah. It was really hard for him to hold it together. Yeah, because, I, I mean, as fans, you know, we see these characters. We grew up on these characters. We watched them through the years. But to have be in the business itself and have interacted with these stars, have had, you know, moments either in the ring or outside the ring with them. I mean, I couldn't imagine what it would be like having to deal with that, you know. Before you continue, let me ask, did, did you get to meet Scott Hall at all? 
Uh, that's funny that you asked because I was about to say that. Uh, I was like, yeah, I met him at... Where was it? I actually met him twice. This was back when you would buy tickets at Ticketmaster at Foley's. Oh, or wow. like... Um, what was another place that they had? They had uh, Blockbuster Music. Right, right, right. And I think I met him both at those at those times. Oh, wow. That's it was awesome. with him, and I remember it was him and Conan uh, oh, together so, doing so signing. Was WCW this was oh, yeah, WCW. Yeah, WCW era. Nice, nice. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I've, I've met a few, you know, wrestlers. Um, but I do remember meeting him, and that was, like, one of the coolest, like, like dang, I remember when y'all was a kid, like watching, and I told him too, and he just like, yeah, that's cool, like whatever, <laughs> like like whatever. But I was like, at least at least I got to tell him that, you know? Right, right. Yeah. right. What about you, Chris? Uh, no, unfortunately, I never had the opportunity to meet uh, Scott Hall. I wish I had. I mean, from the stories I've heard from fan interactions, I mean, that would have been awesome. But unfortunately, I will, I will never have the opportunity. Yeah. So now I know that you mentioned to me a while back when we first met right. about an interaction you had with Scott Hall. Yeah. Um, you know, the funny thing is my wife mentioned it yesterday. Yeah. And it was one of those things that ju- and it just made me start crying again. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you cry. I was like, no, it's okay. So 2016, WrestleMania was in Dallas. Yeah. Right. Well, there's a there's a thing called WrestleCon. Like, there's a comic con. There's a WrestleCon. And it actually follows WrestleMania. So, wherever WrestleMania is, that's where WrestleCon's going to be. Yeah. And WrestleCon didn't pay us, but I got to say it. They offer great packages because if you buy a ticket to WrestleMania and you buy the package at WrestleCon, it includes uh, tickets to their wrestling show the night before and also to their, their, their event where they have the signings. And you also get to ride a shuttle to oh, nice. WrestleMania. So it was a pretty dope, dope little deal. But uh, anyway, I went to the WrestleCon, and dude, there were so many. I was like a kid in a candy store, dude. There was just so many superstars there from Attitude Era and stuff like that that I got to see. Even when I was a kid, I met Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and you know stuff like that, like that. And um, we were turning the corner, and there was the Hardy Boys in the corner long ass line so there was oh, no I bet. Way, there was no way I was going to wait in line to see them but as I turned the corner I see Scott Hall he had just got done with his signing and he was about to leave and I was like I am not missing my opportunity I literally ran up to where he was at and I said Scott Scott and I went hold, held up the two sweet and he looked at me he goes hey yo and he went and he did it with me and I was just like yes nice you know so that now to is an even more special memory yeah you know that i was able to you know do that with with him so that was yeah that was really cool the sad thing about that uh wrestlecon was china was supposed to be at that one and that was the weekend she died oh wow yeah yeah and then i found out today that wrestlecon this year scott hall was supposed to be there oh wow yeah WrestleCon, what y'all doing, man? <laughs> right, yeah. we're putting the blame on you. <laughs> Every crazy. time y'all come to WrestleMania after just, in after Texas, you, after you just plugged after them, I just plugged <laughs> them, I put the blame on them. Right, no, <laughs> no, it's just it's just too unfortunate. And, and to be fair, and maybe we could talk a little bit about this now. I know we're going on through the history, which we will continue. Yeah, yeah. But but if you haven't seen that that documentary, Razor's Edge, I highly recommend it. But to be fair, you know, talking about China and stuff. This business, unfortunately, and it is a lot like the like the rock music business too. There, there's yeah. vices and stuff because you're talking about these guys being on the road pretty much the whole year, 
and they get caught up in drugs, they get caught up in alcohol, they get caught up in whatever. And in Scott Hall's case, I don't know if you knew this, Gaston, that's why I'm saying you got to watch the documentary, but back before he became a wrestler, he was a bouncer. Mm-hmm. And I remember was, that, yeah. He was working at a, uh, at a strip club, and he was dating someone from the strip club, and her ex showed up, pulled a gun on him. And he wrestled the gun away from him, and he was basically going to pistol whip him because he took the gun away. He was going to mm-hmm. pistol whip the dude with the gun. And when he did, the gun went off and blew blew off blew his head off, basically. And, and the guy died. So he got arrested, of course, for, uh, what was it? Second, Se- degree, second degree murder. Second degree, second degree murder. But he was cleared of all charges because it was an he accident. He was a bouncer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it was an accident. So he, in this documentary, he goes on and says that the root of all... All the crap that he went through stems from his guilt from that. The fact that he took someone's life. Even though yeah. even though at the end of the day, if you really think about it, had he not done that, that guy probably would have killed him. True. You know, but that was the root of his pain, basically. Everything that he did, all all that stuff that the the substance abuse and all that, it was to cover up that pain. That's basically. rough. Because you can't shake that. No, no. You know? no. And that was one of the things that the that the uh, documentary was really showing uh, about. You could see the pain in his face when he talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, they even showed a, a scene where he went back to the place mm-hmm. because his therapist said it would be good for him to go back. And he was standing there. And he goes, I can't do this. Like it was, man, it was crazy. I can't even begin to imagine what it would feel like to having to be the cause of somebody's death. And you got to live with that, yeah. you know, for the rest of your life. So I can, I, I get it now. I get why he suffered the way that he did. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of it, a lot of it was in the public eye. Uh, WCW at one point even did an angle on it. I don't know if you remember. I think that. Uh, all three major promotions he's been in That's did true. it too. That's true. Uh, but but you're right. They always do that though. I don't yeah. know why they. Because even like the Brian Pillman thing. Yeah. Remember yeah. when they did that with his wife? Like, yeah. why would you like? I get it. You want ratings and you want viewer, viewers to come like tune in, but man, well, like, to be to be truthful, it's because reality. It, it, the more real you can get in a storyline, yeah. the more relatable it's going to be, and the more people are going to want to watch that. Yeah, and I think you know, and that kind of leads into the NWO thing. But going back to the first segment of um, the curtain call, right? Like that was showing. Real life in that little moment was real life. Right. Even though that broke kayfabe, I think that's what started everything that happened with NWO. Yeah. They were so big and popular because people felt that it was real and it was real life. Oh, for because sure. Because it kind of like came over from the curtain call. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know? For sure. And I remember how real it was because there were times I was watching the show going, wait, is this? Yeah. Yeah, they, de- they definitely <laughs> blur the lines between yeah. storyline and reality. Yeah. Do y'all remember when uh, Rey Mysterio got speared into the side of that trailer? Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I remember like, no, that's, this is real. Yeah. That, the way he hit it and everything, I'm like, no, this is real. And then, you know... I'm sure they inputted the security on what was going on, but a lot of times they didn't. Yeah, well, when that that fire truck rolls up, right? Yeah. Uh, Eric Bischoff said in a documentary that it was so realistic that the people around the area were the ones that called nine one one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because they were seeing it on TV, mm-hmm. and they thought 
holy shit, this is really happening. And they ended up calling 911 and the cops actually did show up. Um, The other one, too, was right at the beginning before uh, it's revealed that Hulk Hogan is the third man for the NWO, right? Um, There was a Nitro where Scott Hall and Kevin Nash come out and they have bats. Right. Now, this was on a documentary. That's what I remember. I remember that. So if you remember, Kevin hits the steel steps and you can hear that the bat's real, right? The bat that Scott Hall had, though, was a gimmick. Actually. Or was it the other way around? Yeah, because if you go in Broken School Session, he talks about that. He talks about they worked up a working one or something. Right. And he says, yeah, Kevin's the one who hit it. But if you look at the footage, uh, Scott's the one who hits the steps. Really? Yeah. If you look at the footage. Oh, okay. Okay. So one of them was real. One of them was gimmick. So, of course, the real one was hit so that you could people could see it's a real bat. Right. So you automatically think, well, if that's proof it's a real bat, they're hitting him with a real bat. And they showed footage of the cops in the ring with their hands on their gun. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like it. there was a lot of times I'm like, dude, this is like. Mm -hmm. And that's what glued you to WCW. Screw Mm -hmm. what was happening on Raw. This was as real as it got. You know what I mean? And here's the other thing. Going back to that whole realism thing. This is what I think at the beginning shot WWE in the foot. Um, Because when they barely started to kind of get into that, they had that Brian Pillman angle. Yeah. And he pulls out the gun. But then what happens? Vince McMahon comes back and he apologizes for that. And I personally don't think he should have apologized. I don't think he should have. But then again, I think the way they did it was a bit much. Yeah. For for USA Network yeah. and what they have been showing. True. You know? That is yeah. true. And, that is true. And again, like I said, USA Network, they probably told him, hey, you need to go out and, and explain yourself to this. Right. You know, right. They, they're they their sponsors, basically. They're pro- broadcasting their show. So. Right, right. So, yeah. And, of course, they didn't do anything like that again. Um, but Scott Hall, man, he was, I mean, him and Kevin Nash both, they changed the game. Oh, One yeah, of the things sure. that they did for sure and and and... Kevin Nash actually when when I because I, I met Kevin Nash that same day, and um, he actually was talking to us a little bit before we took the picture, and I don't even remember what I asked him, but I remember he said, you know, all those young guys should thank us, and of course I, I was like, why should they thank you? Because if it wasn't for me and Scott, nobody would have a guaranteed contract right now. It's yeah. because of us that the talent now has guaranteed contracts. Yeah, they made a standard. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so, um, but man, it's crazy to think how awesome that time was in WCW, but then to see that documentary and, and hear Scott in his own words say how it was guaranteed money. He didn't have to work hard. He didn't yeah. have to. So he kind of half-assed it, you know, but yet it still changed the game, yeah. you know. Definitely. Of, 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 of that whole I mean the whole genre of wrestling it was so comic book at the time and now all of a sudden it was starting to become you know realistic and now the shades of gray were coming in there wasn't always the good guy the bad guy you know what I mean that was yeah. when it really started happening where you were cheering the bad guy you yeah. know you were cheering NWL yeah. even though the crap they were doing sucked right you were still cheering him. You were cheering Stone Cold Steve Austin and stuff like that. And at the same time, you saw the fan base change. Oh, for sure. You saw for the sure. more college age uh, young men and women attending these shows, wearing the T-shirts, buying the merchandise, um, because they catered to that audience. Yeah, for sure. And there was another thing I noticed watching some of those old episodes of Raw. Um, there was a lot more signs back then. Oh, yeah. yeah, a lot more people holding signs, and and 
Because nowadays you still see signs, but if you notice, they're all like professionally done, it seems. Yeah. yeah. Like they're all real pretty and everything. Back then, nobody cared. There was people holding up signs that says, I want to see boobs. Yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. It was just written on there. Um, like so, that was your time. Like you got something to say, yo. Yeah. Write exactly. it on the sign, and hopefully, like they, it's on TV. And yeah. like, oh, that was yep. the sign. Yeah. Well, exactly. now you see, you hear the stories about WWE actually like looks at your signs before you go in. Like they only have they do they pre-approve what you put out there. They do. Um, and that that started happening a long time ago. Yeah, I, I, remember, I remember they used to do that. Yeah, I remember after um, Chris Benoit died, mm-hmm. we went to. Uh, a show it was a smackdown taping after chris benoit passed away and uh they took all the chris benoit signs all of them um interesting side note guys that i want to say this is totally totally off subject but since i mentioned that show i have to say this this is totally off topic but have y'all heard of the mandela effect yeah yeah okay that show for me is a mandela effect because i remember very vividly that Raw was canceled when Chris Benoit died mm-hmm. because it, uh, they got the news so soon and they did that special episode of Raw where it was a tribute to Chris Benoit. Y'all right. remember that, right? Right, yeah. Back then, they used to tape SmackDowns on Tuesdays and release it on... Wednesdays. Uh, no, I think it was Thursdays. So, yeah. Thursdays, yeah. yeah. So, the very next day, that SmackDown was being filmed in Corpus because me and my wife went, went to that show. Mm-hmm. If you go right now and search the 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 SmackDown episode after that Raw, it's gonna say San Antonio, and not Corpus. And I've actually talked to someone I know who said, "Oh, I was at that show. It was in San Antonio, dude. It was in Corpus. No, it was in San Antonio. I'm not kidding. And it freaks me out to this day. Hmm. And I even went to my wife and I was like, babe, remember that show we went to after Chris Benoit died? She goes, yeah, in Corpus. That's exactly what she said. Yeah, in Corpus. I go, yes, thank you. And then I told her the same thing and she's like, no. Do you save your tickets? No. Dude, I save all my tickets. I didn't save that one. Well, you're cut off. (laughs) 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 Anyway, like I said, that That would have been your proof right there. I know, I know. That's totally off subject. But anyway, uh, I just thought it was interesting because I brought up the show. But, um, But yeah, going back to what we were talking about, they definitely changed the game. Um, but the other thing that Scott Hall was known for was his ribbing of the other talent. Yes. And them not knowing if he was serious yeah. or if he was joking. Yeah. Recently on Busted Open, <laughs> you, heard, you, heard, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know right? what you're talking about. Bully Ray, who was known as Bubba Ray, right? Bubba Ray Dudley, uh, talks about when he first met Scott and talked to him and everything and that Scott Hall came up to him and says oh yeah the Dudley boys I love you guys finishing move I can't wait to kick out of it later <laughs> <laughs> and he said he got pissed it's like who does this fool think he is gonna kick out of our finishing move doesn't he know who we are and of course he didn't Yeah, but like I think it was like years later he told me I got you on that one yeah. and then of course the other stuff like in the documentary they go around and say you made how much at the show Oh man, I made this much, and like yeah. they were getting pissed off, and it wasn't even true. Yeah, he was lying to him the whole time. So he was known for just constantly, constantly ribbing, yeah. and uh, and that right there, and that also changed the game because it built competition in the locker room. Yep, definitely. You know? And when there is competition, everybody else is going to up their game as well. Yep. You know what I mean? So 
Let's get back to some more statistics. So we're talking about the NWO area. What are some highlights from that area that you have uh, listed there? Uh, not too much. One of the big things is um, obviously we talked about the storyline that W7 put out in regards to his alcoholism and his abuse yeah, at that point. Yeah. Uh, it was sad to watch. It was. I mean, even Eric Bischoff says in documentary later that, you know, he regrets ever doing that with right. him, you know. One thing about Scott Hall, and you can look at it back when he was in WWF, uh, WWE, uh, as Razor Ramon, and even when he was in WCW, he put over a lot of talent. That he did. Uh-huh. That you know, he, he was not afraid to. I want to say he lose. was the one that told Sting he did. to do the Crow yes, uh, he gimmick. Did. He did. His actual words were Have you ever seen the movie The Crow? Yeah. Yeah, and then Sting, I think, went and saw it after that, and that's where he got the. I think of Sting. Sting's huge. Yeah, and for Scott Hall to be the guy that yo exactly. try this exactly exactly, you know? and then to be the perfect antagonist to the NWO, mm-hmm. yeah, you know that was perfect. He also in that same documentary we saw today or I saw today, he was the one that told Shawn Michaels back earlier in his career, right? Because Shawn was trying to be a heel. He had been a babyface for so long. He was trying to be a heel now, and he was trying to be the tough guy heel. Where he was punching and kicking, and Scott told him, "Dude, you're one of the best technical high flyers out there. Like, be Shawn Michaels. It's not your moves that are going to make you the bad guy. It's your attitude." Yeah. And he took the advice, and look what happened. I mean, granted, he was yeah. a prick backstage and on camera, yeah. but still, yeah. look what happened. He became one hell of a heel. You know. So Scott Hall had a lot to do with a lot of the the ideas that, that came about. It was his idea to um, bring the most uh, few with DDP and the NWO. Oh, wow. You know, yeah, yeah. when they thought that DDP was, you know, too old to really start wrestling. Right. I think it was like in his late 30s right. when he started. That's right. That's right. Um, and he was him was saying, hey, you know, we're going to try to bring you in and then you're going to drop me. Yeah, I think so. That was that was Scott Hall's idea. Yeah, and it put him over to the moon. Yeah, because after that is when DDP got really popular, mm-hmm. and I think he won the championship shortly after that, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah, so he he should get a lot of credit. I mean, he put over Goldberg, yes. to, to Rocket Goldberg into that title match against Hulk Hogan and yes. put him on the map for sure. For you sure. know, so oh, and let's not forget the famous bump he took from the stunner. Oh man, he saw the stunner. <laughs> the only one who's ever sold a stunner better, or not even better, but just as equal, would be The Rock. Yeah, yeah The Rock. Had- <laughs> you yeah, know, sure. did you see that stunner last night that Owens gave to the camera? That guy did the same thing The Rock did. I saw that. <laughs> that was awesome. As soon as I saw him do that, I was like, "That's yeah, The Rock awesome. sell right there." <laughs> yeah, for real. But you know, like I said, Scott Hall. I mean, he was a giver. He knew that it took a winner and a loser to make a match. Yeah, and actually, I found an article. I was looking up stuff on Scott Hall today. There was a sports blog called The Defector, uh-huh. and uh, the guy asked him back in 2013, you know, what he missed most about being a professional wrestler. Okay, and his answer was that it wasn't the fame or the personal glory he missed, but the satisfaction of a well conceived and executed match. Oh wow, that's awesome! Yeah, you know, he was definitely somebody that was in it for the business. For yeah. Like, he was a pro wrestler. Yeah. He was one hell of an entertainer, no doubt. But at, at the end of the day, he was definitely a pro wrestler. Yeah, if you look at it, too, um, we always talk about how the click had a big influence backstage in both right, WWFN right. and uh, WCW. But look at the names they always mention. They mention Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Right. Mention Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan. Right. You don't really see Scott Hall's name thrown in there. True, true. From my understanding, he wasn't that big of an influence. Yes, he had his input, and right. as part of the clique, he definitely pushed 
to get other talent over. Right. But it, he wasn't doing what they quote unquote said he was booking for himself. Right, right, right. So. He wasn't, well, and he probably wasn't politicking as much as the other guys were. Either. And again, during that time, he was also going through some some demons at the time. So Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. Um, and you, you made a good mention of it earlier too, how Scott Hall is a great example too of how you can still overcome your demons, you know. Um, doesn't matter how late in life it is, you know. Did you did you ever see that documentary, uh, the DDP one, the Resurrection of Jake Snake? Yes, yes, I did. Where, where they showed the Scott Hall stuff. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. That was hardcore. I yeah. remember that scene where they were talking to Scott Hall on the phone. Man, that broke my heart, dude. To to hear him, yeah, like couldn't was, even talk. No, the and, slur, and like, he was giving up, basically. Yeah. Like, um, was it Kevin Nash that said it? It was either Kevin Nash or Triple H. That basically made the comment in the documentary I saw today, where Scott Hall basically felt like he was just going—he was going to hell. There was no question about it. Going back to what he did, yeah, you know, with that with that guy that died, um, he felt he was destined for hell. Can you imagine? And especially us being believers, yeah. you know, can you imagine living a life to where you automatically think, "When I die, I'm going to hell," and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it? How yeah. would you live? You know what I mean, and and, yeah. and it really kind of shows that that's why he lived the way that he did. Yeah, you know, and it's it's very that's sad. rough, man. Very rough, very sad. Um, I think a lesson to be taken from Scott Hall's story in that is that you know it's not too late to find redemption, but at the same time, don't wait too long to find yeah, redemption. Yeah, true. You know, I think it's also important that you surround yourself with the positive support that he had he For had sure. Shawn Michaels you know Shawn Waltman Kevin Nash uh, Kevin was, Nash played a big Kevin part. Nash said he played or even Triple H said he played a big part like Kevin Nash would one week say you know I'm done with him I'm done I can't do this anymore but then he would be there whenever he needed him right even to the point where he told Triple H you know I bought a black suit because I mean I'm pretty sure he's gone after this yeah. you know but yeah. he would always be there getting him up picking him up Right and be there for him, and that's that's a buddy, you know. Right, for sure. So, for sure. Um, but yeah, go ahead. You got some more? Uh, no, not so much on WCW. Uh, it goes into when we go into the NWO going into WWF. Yeah, because they they do come back to WWF. They do come back to WWF. Vince, Vince wanted them back. Vince wanted them back. There was that whole uh, Ric Flair Vince McMahon feud going on. That's right. That's and right. And Vince McMahon was going to poison his own creation. Right. Right. Uh, and bring in the NWO because we saw how much it. They played a factor in right. the. I wouldn't say they played a factor in WCW's downfall. I think the fact they had like 300 members in the NWO at one point played a factor yeah. in the downfall. Everybody got a shirt. Everybody yeah. got a shirt. There was the NWO Black and White, NWO yeah. Wolfpack. There was yeah. the LWO. Yeah, I saw one of I saw one of the the I guess the old footage from back then, and it showed uh, Stevie Ray, who used to be Booker T, or Booker T's brother, basically yeah. Stevie Ray. That he had a he had a singlet on and it had NWO on. I was like, yeah. he was in NWO. And then he did have, they did NWO two thousand when Jeff Jarrett went over there. That's right. That's you right. know. And you come think of it, what NWO did uh, as a whole at that time. Like I said, they had the black and whites, red and back. They had uh, NWO Japan. Yeah, they did. What does right. that remind you of? What kind of faction today has those kind of? Uh, I want to say, like people or different. Organizations or what? Chapters. Oh, chapters. What? Bullet Club. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. what is their sign? 
That they got it from the NWO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that too sweet sign. The, yep. the Turkish wolf. Turkish mafia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Turkish. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, I want everybody does that now too. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I do that on stage. <laughs> <laughs> well, but nobody Turkish is in all the you, audience. All of you guys in relent. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So. Uh, so then they go back to WWE. Right. And uh, at this point, uh, Scott Hall is there. He goes into a storyline with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. Right. Uh, that builds up to WrestleMania 18. One thing I take away from that, I don't know if you recall, it was on, either on a Raw or SmackDown leading up to WrestleMania 18. And Stone Cold is being attacked by Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. And Scott Hall smashes a cinder block on Stone Cold's knee. I do remember that. That smashes it, yeah. shatters it. Yeah. Like me, I know that it was probably a gimmick, but whoa. Yeah, that was hardcore. <laughs> that was hardcore. And then, of course, again, that's where WWE started to exploit his alcoholism as well. Yeah. With Stone Cold giving him the beer bath, smashing right. the beers on him. Right. And uh, Shawn Michaels mentioned a documentary that, uh, and referenced a lot of documentaries because there are a lot of good ones out there, but he references about the fact that, you know, Scott was trying to get clean, and just the smell of the alcohol made him sick. That was actually Hogan that said that. Hogan, Hogan, yeah. yes, yeah, he's yeah. the one that said that. That it was that the smell of alcohol would make him want to throw up. Yeah, and here's Stone Cold pouring beer on yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. So that was a rough time for Scott, uh, for sure. Yeah, which would lead up to the match of WrestleMania team, which was a good match. It wasn't a bad it was, match. It was. Um, and again, the way he sold them stunners. Yeah. You know, uh, but after that, we start to see the. Well, dissolvement of the NWO. After and that. Well, then after that, that was the plane ride from hell. Yes. And the plane ride from hell was what basically led to Scott Hall being fired. Um, the only thing I remember... Now, he says in that documentary he doesn't remember any of it. Because I he bet was, he doesn't. he was that smashed, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, not too long ago on Dark Side of the Ring, they had an episode on the plane ride from hell. Um and the only thing that I remember as far as Scott Hall was concerned, according to the stewardess, was that I guess she had gone up to where he was sitting uh, for help because she she claims that she was, you know, being harassed sexually or whatever. And that he was just out of it. Didn't respond. He was just like gone, basically. It's crazy. So it's crazy that out of that, he was let go. You yeah. Know, but he was he was going through a rough time at that at that point in time. Uh, he he made the quote in that documentary where he said, um, "I can be miserable at home. I don't need to be miserable and on the road." And that's what was happening for him at the time. Yeah, unfortunately. So after this run with WWE, this is basically when he gets to hit rock bottom. Right now, real quick, I, w- I meant to mention this back when we were talking about his Razor Ramon character, uh, and when right after he jumped to WCW, right. His character as Razor Ramon and, of course, Diesel's character were so popular. Do you recall they did a fake Razor and a fake oh, yeah. Diesel? Yeah. Do you fake, remember that? Fake Diesel was... I think uh, I remember that, yeah. Fake Diesel was Glenn Jacobs. It was Glenn Jacobs, who, as we know, the mayor of Knoxville County or Kane. Kane uh, and Rick Bogner. I mean, I remember seeing the character, but I couldn't tell you yeah, what other... I think he passed away a while back. Uh, he might have. Uh, yeah. They pulled, like, a Gilbert on them? Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> they came out looking just like... Razor in, fa- in fact, um, they were both in uh, a Royal Rumble sh- yeah. that yeah. year, Yeah, uh, but it was squashed pretty so, quickly. So the awesome story about that was that WWE started advertising that Razor Ramon and uh, not Kevin Nash, but Diesel were going to be on Raw, and they started saying it on TV. Mm. So back in the WCW camp, 
the the big wigs are looking at Hall and Nash like what the hell you know like really you're going back <coughs> excuse me and and Nash and Hall are like we don't know what you're talking about you know it's like tell us that you're going he's like we're not going anywhere they were so convinced that they were going that they offered them another contract with more money right there oh snap sign this and they both looked at each other like alright and they signed it then he, uh, Kevin Nash is the one that tells the story that they're all around the monitors because the day has come that uh, Diesel and Razor Ramon are going to come out. <laughs> and they're all around the monitors and they see the fake Diesel and the fake yeah. uh, 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 Razor Ramon come out and that the big wigs just look at them and they both just kind of shrug their shoulders like, we told you, and walked off because they just got more money yeah. from the deal. Yeah, but so, I mean, again, that shows you how popular the character was. That play on players. They, uh, yeah. they try to to kind of go for. I mean, that works sometimes. We've seen them do it with like Sincata. We did it with Doink yeah, the Clown. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, someone who's under a mask, you can't really tell her with the makeup. Right. Um, but come on, really? Yeah, I know, I know. I I remember that very vividly because I yeah. remember thinking, wait, and being so anxious seeing it. And is it them? Is it them? And then when I see, them, I'm like, oh come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I remember uh, that, man. That's I do. funny. That's hilarious. Uh, but at that point, we saw him. I'm going to go back to the other promotion they went to. Um, we saw him going to uh, – he did a stint in Extreme Championship Wrestling for ECW. Uh, he went back to New Japan Wrestling. Uh, then eventually we end up in TNA. See, I, I heard about that, but I Yeah, Kim and – uh, he had a brief uh, back-and-forth view with a few um, wrestlers at that point. Um I believe that was when they had the match between the Dudley Boys and Kevin Nash and um, Scott Hall. Right. So um, he wasn't in there that long, uh, at least not as long as Kevin Nash was. And he basically kind of just played his part. That was also the time that uh, the Macho Man yeah. was in TNA as well. Yeah. Okay. So um, then he would go on to do a. So wait, wait, wait. Macho Man was in TNA too? Macho Man was in TNA also. I, I just thought it was. Uh, what's his name? Jay Lethal? Black Machismo. Oh yeah, <laughs> we seen Ooh. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was nothing, nothing, uh, nothing. <laughs> and uh, and actually, if you listen, he does the Palmer Circus, but it's more like a rock version of it. Yeah, I've seen so, that. I've heard that. Um, then he did uh, went back to WWC, which was the one in Puerto Rico. Okay. Um, and then Juggalo Championship Wrestling, the one founded by the Insane Clown Posse. Oh, wow. He so did he's, it. He's literally been everywhere. Yeah. Wait, what? I've never heard of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the uh, Insane Clown Posse had their big thing going with wrestling when they were in WCW, for your call. Yeah. Not so, only that, they were they were in WWE for a little bit, too, with the oddities. Oh, yeah, for that, the oddities yeah. for a little bit. Uh, and I guess they have their own promotion called Juggalo Championship Wrestling. Wow. I remember hearing about that. I don't remember Scott Hall being in it. Yeah, he was in there. Uh, he was in Continental Championship Wrestling. Uh, Bellevue Pro Wrestling and the World Association of Wrestling. Wow. So, so was that the last one that, that he did? Yeah, aside from like conventions and small little stuff he's done. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, so. so And then, of course, uh, he actually goes into – he does come back to WWE for a brief stint, which uh, we'll get into here in a mm-hmm. second on the third segment. And then we'll also put a nice little bow on the end of this whole thing, uh, this tribute that we have to Scott Hall. So – uh, we got a little bit more to talk about as far as Scott Hall and his career and the impact he's made 
on not just the wrestling world, but just on on tons and tons of lives, um, you know, including ours. Yeah. You know, um, and we'll talk. So we'll definitely talk a little bit more about that um, when we come back after this word from our sponsor. Going on 10 years in the community, Metroflex Gym has been the place for back-to-basics, no-fluff training. At Metroflex, you'll have the resources available to you to reach your fitness goals, whatever they may be. Owner Daniel Haggerty is available and ready to help guide you in the proper direction to get the best results for your health. Want to lose weight, increase stamina, or gain mass? Daniel Haggerty is a licensed trainer with over 25 years experience in nutrition and training and knows how to get the most out of your workouts. Come by today for a visit at 2101 Clovis Barker Road, San Marcos, Texas, or call to make an appointment for a tour at 512-878-8575. Homegrown in the community and veteran-owned, Metroflex Gym is the hardcore training place for a hardcore workout. Call today. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Rob T. from the What's On My Mind podcast. I'm here to tell you about a great podcast where we talk about whatever comes to our mind every single week. Topics range from religion, life, politics, or even music. We interview great guests and introduce you to the most interesting people. So tune in every Thursday to a new episode on your favorite podcast streaming platform and check out just what's on my mind. Hey yo, Chico, we are back here at the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. We've been talking about the life and career of the great Scott Hall, who just passed away yesterday. Joining us today has been uh, from the band Relent, Gaston Flores. Hey yo. <laughs> and again, brother, we thank you so much for being here on the show Sure, man. Um, really, really appreciate it, man. You've been giving some really great info and uh, awesome. It, it, it's a difference when Miggy's not here taking up all your talk time. <laughs> you know what? That's fine. You know, you know. I'm the I'm the cute guy in the back. <laughs> I always get my time. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. But I'm gonna get my time. I like it. I like it. Um. Yeah, man, but we, we we're really glad that you were here today to uh, join us on this on this little venture. It's uh, it's been a great conversation, man. It's also brought back a lot of great great memories. Definitely of uh, Scott Hall, um, who played a big part in my life, and I think it's safe to say in you guys' lives as well. Um, it's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly, to add on to that. Um, you know, there's. I've had people in my life too that have said, you know, it's it's fake. We hate that word. I know uh, it's not real, and we have the argument that you know, anime is not real, Spider Man's not real, whatever. I'm a Superman fan. I know he's not real. Yeah. But these characters have an impact, whether it be from a childhood, from our adolescence, through our adult years. Even obviously, we're doing this podcast. We're still fans of this beautiful business. Right. You know, not take away. There's people who still no. You know, not to throw shade your way but they still support the cowboys <laughs> 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 uh, i did um 
But, you know, there, there's going to be those characters, those influences, those celebrities, for lack of a better term, that make an impact on you. Hey, just because you're in part owner of the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> I knew he wasn't going to let this one down. That's true. That's true. you permission to I, talk shit. All I right? apologize. <laughs> I apologize. You know, I, my, my fiance is a Cowboy fan, so her dad's a Cowboy fan, too. So it does show in my house. Okay, good. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the other thing, too, Chris, I'm glad you said that because... Yeah, us as wrestling fans get a lot of flack from people. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. You can't go and meet Spider-Man. You can go and meet Tom Holland. Yeah. You know, you can go and meet uh, not not Tony Stark, but you can go and meet Robert Downey Jr., right? But it's like these dudes are the same dudes that are on, you know, uh, what's his face? Uh, Who did I just say? Tom Holland. Tom Holland ain't the one that's doing a lot of those stunts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But these guys are the ones you see on TV taking the bumps, taking the chair shots, you know, doing all of that damage to their bodies for the sole purpose of entertaining us. That's right. And that's the reason why it pisses me the F off when people call pro wrestling fake. You know, and right away I go, do you like do you like Marvel? Oh, I love Marvel. You know, that's fake, right? Yeah. You know, and I'm a Marvel fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I'm a Star Wars fan. I know Star Wars is fake. Right? Oh, well, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? There's no lightsabers? I got two in my closet. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It's not a lightsaber, wait. sir. If it makes a buzzing noise, it's not a lightsaber, okay? <laughs> When's that convention? Oh, my gosh. I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but... But these are the same guys that... Why does it say daddy on it? (laughs) (laughs) And why is it sticking? (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, My point is, these are the same guys that we see on TV that you get to meet and you get to actually interact with them, you know, depending on where you go. You go to a place like WrestleCon, just to give you a few names. I, I got to meet Animal before he passed away from Road Warriors. Sabu, okay? I got to meet the great Muda, right? I got to meet Tully Blanchard. Um, he got fired last week. Yeah, I know. I saw that. He got fired last week. Hey, maybe uh, our friend Bruce can get us that hookup and get us Tully Blanchard. There we go. <laughs> that would be awesome. It would be awesome. But my point is, is, like I said, these guys are the same guys that are doing the stuff in the ring that are there signing the autograph. They're there talking to you and telling you how glad they are that you're there. You know, so that's why we as fans part of the reason why we're so passionate when it comes to this business that we love so much you know so for those of y'all out there that call this fake or whatever screw you go enjoy whatever you yeah, want catch me out catch me outside how yeah, about that yeah, i go. mean if you can there sit you there and yell at the bastard for not giving a rose to someone that you want to stay on the oh, show come on. Preach, bro. I, dude come i on. thought you said you were gonna bring that up <laughs> he's yeah. a little sensitive about that subject <laughs> i love the bachelor man <laughs> It's true. He was arguing about it earlier today. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. So, uh, end of his career, he goes back uh, to WWE mm-hmm. um, just for because he got inducted into the Hall of Fame, right. as we know. And the next night on WrestleMania, Sting is going up against Triple H. Yes. And side note. I don't think that match should have ended the way it did. No. I think that Vince McMahon used that as his last little slap. Yeah, at, at WCW. But it is what it is. It was still a good WrestleMania moment because in that match, who comes out to the ring but 
NWO. NWO. Being Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan. And Scott was looking good. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this was at the point where he was working with DDP, right? Yes. DDP uh, has his program, and yeah, they put Scott... If you haven't seen... Uh, What's it called? The The Resurrection the of Jake resurrection, the Snake. Yes, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you watch it. It's not about Jake the Snake only. It's also got uh, Scott Hall and his uh, little... And honestly, movie. I think you should also watch Beyond the Map before you watch The Resurrection oh, of sure. Jake the Snake. For sure. So you kind of have a better understanding of not only Jake the Snake, but of Scott Hall as well. So For sure, for sure. Um, but in that particular documentary, you got to see transformation happened not just in Jake the Snake but in Scott Hall as well and Scott Hall looked good on coming that Wrestlemania yeah. time you know uh, came out did their spot uh, and everything and the crowd I mean oh my god well that was the first time we saw DX versus the yes, NWO yes which was always the dream match always back a in the dream day. match yeah. and eventually you got it you know never say never yeah but uh, so. that pop was huge yeah definitely it was very huge um, now, was that the last time, Mr. Statistics Guy, that the Scott Hall was in WWE? Uh, aside from when he was inducted into the NWO last year? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. He no, well, he made a couple of spots. Uh, there was an angle they did on uh, Raw when the Ascension was in the ring and uh, New Age Outlaws yeah. came out. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's JBL right. jumped off the table with the Acolytes, that's APA, right. and then the that's right. I Scott Hall and Kevin Nash came I out. So. about that, yeah. Uh, so he did a couple other little things, but pretty much that was when his career was was uh, done with. And um, over the years, uh, you hadn't really heard much about him. I don't know if he relapsed. I hope he didn't, but who, who's to say? I mean, I don't think he did. Um, I mean, I've seen some stuff that he's, you know, interviews he's done and he doesn't look it. I mean, right. he looks very, very healthy. Right. You know, aside from obviously the hip surgery yeah, that he has, stuff that like that. At that point in your life, if you go back to it, I think that automatically just like will kill you. You're man. done. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm, I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming it hadn't been for this fall, he'd probably still be with us. But at the end of the day, I don't think it was necessarily the fall that took him out. It was the damage he did. Yeah, it was all yeah. the years, man. All those years of, of damage that he did to his body. It, same thing, I mean, happened with Eddie Guerrero. Eddie yep. Guerrero was clean and sober when he died. Yep. But all the damage he did before, it definitely took his toll. Yep. So uh, it does cut, catch up with you after uh, after a while. All right, Gaston, we're going to start with you. What kind of an impact would you say Scott Hall made on your life, even up to, to this day, man? Well, you know, even, you know, that quote that he gave, like, at the what was it the, the uh, Hall of Fame the Hall of Fame yeah we're gonna play that here in a little bit yeah that that quote was like it made sense like you you know even for his character is like he was never a good guy right he was always a bad guy right but even as a bad guy he brought so much good yeah like you know he entertained us and like brought joy to like his fans right. like. He he was just a a different top notch entertainer, and I don't think you'll ever find another one quite like him. That's true. Um, so just knowing that, like, yeah, you know, good guys finish last. You know how they yeah, still yeah, say yeah. good guys finish last. 
Yeah. That's why I always wanted to be a bad boy. Yeah, I and, and, and I think that. I think that's what I am. I'm a bad boy since, <laughs> since I was a kid, nice. I, and, I, and I'll always be a bad boy. Except for the bachelors on, because uh, Razor Ramon, you know. Except when the bachelors on, yeah. <laughs> except for when the bachelors on, I'm a yeah. good boy. Well, since you mentioned that, let's go ahead and play that quote. This is was this is what he said at the Hall of Fame. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. And it's so true, man. Hard work does pay off, man. Yeah, and and you're living that right now, as a matter of fact, uh, which is awesome. And... uh, I, I do want to get into some of your stuff here in a little bit when we get to the end of the show, and you can share that here in a moment, but not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Come with uh, What about you, Chris? I mean, that Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, however you want to call him, definitely. Um, I mean, growing up, I, I didn't wear the chains, but I did try to dress a little bit like him. <laughs> kind of had the parachute slacks and stuff like that. There you go. I didn't have the chest hair to really display. Yeah. But... Yeah. Um, Really, I mean, obviously, I loved his matches. I loved his his in-ring career. I loved his promos. But as an adult, I can appreciate more, just like you said there, of the struggles that he overcame, you know, to see what he's gone through, look at the documentaries, and see what he went through as far as alcohol abuse, uh, the substance abuse that he went through, but still come out on top. And I feel that he he was okay with himself at the end. Yeah. You know, he was, he was at peace. He was at peace. Um, obviously, I'm not, I've, I didn't know him personally. I just know him as a fan. Um, so there's a lot of other people in the world that can speak on him a lot better than I could. But just seeing what he went through and what he was at when he did pass, I mean, that's an inspiration in itself. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So. And for myself, I mean, being a wrestling fan all these years of my life, he was definitely on the top uh, list of, of wrestlers that I enjoyed um during his razor ramon years i liked him but he wasn't like one of my favorites Mm -hmm. but when he became you know one of the outsiders in the nwu that was when i really really started liking him and and he's another one of those that's like that's like a macho man that's like a hulk hogan that even after all these years we quote at some point you know what i mean um, I can't tell you how many times if I hear someone go, hey, yo, I, I think of him right away. Yeah. And yeah. I'll be like, no, no, it's hey, yo. You know, you hey, gotta say, yo. You got to say it right. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, I, recently, I don't even know where it was at, but I heard somebody say something uh, about uh, one more for the good guys or something like that. And right away, Scott Hall comes to mind, you know. Yeah. So he's he's definitely made an impact. I, I'm a fan. Um, I was... It's crazy. The only other superstar or wrestler that when they passed away that I respond the way I responded was probably Eddie Guerrero. And the fact that I actually cried. Yeah. You know, because let's be honest, man. I mean, we would see these guys every week. You know, I there's members of my family I don't see that often. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. But here are these guys coming into my home one day out of every, you know, the week, every single week. They become a part of your lives, you know. So for those of y'all out there that are fans that 
feel kind of weird about crying now that he don't don't be don't feel weird at all i mean the wrestling community right now we're, we're in mourning we're we're hurting because we've lost a great one you know um and uh there's you said it right gaston there's never going to be anyone else like razor yeah, ramon definitely. scott hall i mean no one no one uh, he played other characters, as we know, but mm-hmm. the two most famous ones are always going to be Razor Ramon and Scott Hall from the NWO. I think sure. he was one of a handful of wrestlers that never got that championship title, whether yes. in WWF or uh, WCW. Like, yes, he's held tag titles. He's held, you know, Intercontinental, United States Championships, um, television championships, but he never. He never got that. Yeah, he never got that. But at the same title. time, I don't think but he you know needed what? it. I'm okay with that because you know why? Because yeah. he'll be the greatest intercontinental champion champion ever. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Period. And he, and he didn't need it. He didn't need it. Yeah. It didn't. It. If you would have put the strap on him, it wouldn't have made him any greater because he yeah. was already great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he didn't. He didn't need it, man. Uh, yeah. He's definitely, definitely one of the great ones, and uh, there's gonna be a big hole in our hearts for a while um now that he's gone gone way too soon um but we will never forget scott hall so yeah there's definitely a lot of uh tributes on social media yeah give us some of those you were telling me about. yeah um i said a handful here uh definitely from the click um we had triple h who tweeted out i'm gutted lost a brother i love you scott and i'll see you down the road hashtag buddy system because we know that they rode together right um, Sean Waltman, you know, as you mentioned, he tweeted out he's gone. And then he uh, tweeted a picture of Scott wearing a shirt with the number six booger ball on it. Oh, the six pack shirt. Yeah. Yes. And uh, he wore that shirt every week and had the rest of the NWO, NWO, Hulk, Dusty, and Macho Man always shout me out on live TV while I was out with a broken neck. Just one example of what a good friend he was. Wow. Uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, simple. I love you, my friend. Uh, Kevin Nash kind of got me. Kevin really? Nash's tweet. What did he say? Uh, well, this is we, you know, because he hasn't said anything after, but this is when he was still on life support. Right. Uh, he says, Scott's on life support. Once his family is in place, they will discontinue life support. I'm going to lose the one person on this planet I spent more time with than anyone else. My heart is broken, and I'm so very fucking sad. I love Scott with all my heart, but now I have to prepare my life without him in the present. I've been blessed to have a friend that took me at face value, and I him. When we jumped to WCW, we didn't care who liked or hated us. We had each other, and with a smooth berry bloom, we changed wrestling both in content and pay for those, a lot of them that didn't like us. We were the outsiders, but we had each other. Scott always felt he wasn't worthy of the afterlife. Well, God, please have some gold-plated toothpicks for my brother. My life was enriched with his take on life. He wasn't perfect, but as he always said, the last perfect person to walk the planet they nailed to a cross. As we prepare for a life without him, just remember there goes a great guy. You ain't got there. There goes a great guy. You ain't going to see another one like him again. See you down the road, Scott. I couldn't love a human being any more than I do you. Wow. Um, wow. Then DDP today, or actually last night, says my brother has gone on to Valhalla to raise some hell. The bad guy to the end. Yo, death. What's your finisher? Can't wait to kick out. He may not have kicked out, but he wasn't going to put that motherfucker over clean. Kevin Nash, love you and miss you more. Godspeed. Rest in peace. Dally. Nice. Now, Hulk Hogan put out a video. I don't know if you saw it. No. Uh, It was at his um, karaoke bar in Tampa. 
and I have the transcript of what he said in there. Hulk Hogan has a karaoke bar? Yeah, in Tampa. I'm sorry, I just have this vision <laughs> of Hulk Hogan singing karaoke. But anyway, go I ahead. Never know. Uh, he says, hey, yo, thank you guys for being here. A short while ago, a good friend of mine just passed away, Scott Hall. So in Jesus' name, I pray, thank you for taking care of my brother. He took care of me when I was down and out, and everyone thought Hulkamania was dead. Scott Hall resurrected me. He put me back on the map. I love him so much, I can't explain it. He had a bunch of faults, but he was a good guy. He's in our thoughts and prayers tonight. He just passed, and I had a real hard time getting my act together and getting over here. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. For the original bad guy, Scott Hall, that took Hulk Hogan and taught Hollywood how to be a bad guy, I got nothing but love for life. Wow. Yeah. I just had this image in my head. First, I was afraid. I was <laughs> petrified. Yeah. Wow. Uh, just a couple more real quick. Sting uh, said, heartbreaking, huge loss. He definitely made us all better. Helped me with that one-of-a-kind Scott Hall insight. So many too sweet memories. Scott, you will be missed. Um, and then one that's not as close to him, but it was from Malachi Black, which I thought was kind of cool. Oh, wow. He says, I had the utmost pleasure of sitting in class with Sean and Scott while watching back their infamous ladder match at the request of Johnny Gargano and hear them explain why and how they did what they did. Wow. A viable memory that will remain a lifetime. Travel easy, Scott. Wow. Can you imagine yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Watching that match with their commentary live. Dude, I can't even begin to yeah. imagine how awesome that was. Man, that's crazy. Wow. Well, yeah. We'll see you down the road, Scott Hall. We're definitely going to miss you. And you will definitely not be forgotten for sure. Well, before we uh, conclude this show, I want to give uh, Gaston a chance to kind of promote what's up with Relent, what we got coming up, what we, you know, what you guys got going on. Uh, we know you're kind of uh, not at a standstill, but as far as like touring and stuff goes, you can't really do that right now. Cause, yeah, because yeah. Miggy's on tour with El Nino. Yeah, Miggy's on tour with El Nino. Uh, El Nino kicked off their tour. Uh, was it Sunday night this past Sunday in San Antonio? Awesome show, by the way. Awesome show. They'll be out for a whole month. Um, so Miggy returns. Um, and then you know we we'll start you know hitting the road after that. Cool. But uh, coming up this Friday, I want to say the 18th. Okay. Um, hopefully, it's, this is out by then. Um, our video for Heavy nice. uh, will drop. Nice. One um, of the most deep songs on the album. One of the most deepest songs on the album, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're getting ready to push that. Uh, there's a huge campaign that we're going to be doing with uh, Rockfest Records. Cool. Teaming up with... Um, Different, different uh, stuff to uh, just bring out um, sex trafficking. Right. Bring it to light right. more than what it already is. Right. Um, you know, we, we see it daily. Yeah. And no one says anything. Right. And um, it, and we want to be that that band that brings this to light because it, it is close to our hearts. Yeah. Um, it it is something that we you know deal with as a band. Um. Because we've we've lived it, you know, yeah. it's close to us, like I said, and um, yeah, it was Miggy's wife that went through, yeah, a lot yeah. Of that. yeah. So I mean, we, uh, you know, Relent is a we are a Christian band. We push the envelope pretty pretty far as a Christian band, which I um, love. A lot of people love it. A lot of people hate it. But we're gonna be true to ourselves. We're there gonna talk go. about the realest things yeah. that are out there, and we're gonna point to Jesus. And we're gonna point to God. 
and to show that there's a way out. Yeah. Because just like how Scott Hall says, like, bad times don't last. Yeah. You know? So there's always good times at the end of end of that hill that you're trying to climb up. You know, the grass may not always be greener. Right. But there is always hope. Yeah. And, sure. and that's what Relent does. And that's what we're going to continue to do. Awesome. So the album, uh, Heavy, is out right now. Rockfest Records, Capital Records. Uh, the video for Heavy comes out uh, this Friday. Um, and they can and they can find your music on Spotify. They can find iTunes. it on Spotify, Apple Music, any anywhere you can find uh, music, listen to music. We're on there. Right. Um, but yeah, um, check us out. Uh, Relentband.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Jam It. You know, yeah. if if you like uh, hip hop, uh, metal music, uh, type of like that collab, new metal vibe, new metal vibes. Um, you'll enjoy us. Cool. So. And I gotta say, man, and I'm not just saying this because uh, I'm your friend and, and we're homies and all that, but that's why Relent is right now my favorite band because of how you guys push the envelope. I was very fortunate enough and blessed enough because you know we're we're homies and everything yeah. that I got to see the video. Yeah. And uh, I think I told Miggy. I'm not sure if I told you, but I was upset when there was a certain part taken out of the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I loved how raw it was and yeah. how it was like in your face because you're right. That topic yeah. is not it's in our faces, but we turn a blind eye to it yeah. and nobody's talking about it. But yeah. yet you guys are definitely talking about it. Yeah. But it's cool cuz even though that part was taken out, it still gave the message yeah. uh that that you guys are trying to give. I can't wait to see the final product cuz yeah. I haven't seen that yet. I think I mean, at the end of the day, you know that that was the right move. I mean, you, you have to put out a video where People can watch it and not turn it off at that certain point. Be right. like, "Oh, it was too much." Right, right. Like, like I said, this video does push the envelope. We are talking about real things, right? Sex trafficking. Um, so it's it's visual, right? Um, so I think taking that little part out that a handful of people may have seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, it the story still gets across. Yeah, for so. sure. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And I can't wait for it to get out. You know, I'm gonna be watching it for sure. Um, that's awesome, man. Well, thank you again for for being here. If you guys uh, haven't heard Relent yet, go check them out. Find them on uh, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, anywhere you can get music. Just look them up. Uh, you may even it. be able to find our album at the La Purga on, <laughs> in, in, someone's, in someone's trunk or something. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, but again, thank you, man, for being on the show. Really for appreciate sure, it. Yeah, definitely. It was a lot of fun. We're going to have to bring you and Miggy back and talk about the Attitude Era for sure. I'm, I'm down, man. I, I'm sure, man. I'm, I'm down sure. about the Attitude Era. For yeah. sure. Hey, uh, I'm going to ask you here on the air, man. Um, WrestleMania weekend. Do you have any plans? Man, if I could... If y'all are hearing me out there, if I could find someone that take me to WrestleMania... <laughs> I will be your date for the day. You can post that on Instagram, Facebook. He'll bring Snapchat. Rob's lightsaber with him. I will bring Everything. Rob's uh, lightsaber that doesn't have a light on it, but it does like buzz. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. But uh, oh, that's awesome. But well, no, I, I don't have plans. I would love to be in Dallas. Yeah. Um, to witness, you know, the craziest, hopefully, uh, WrestleMania that we've seen in a while. Right, you right, know. Yeah. Right. Like if you bring a Stone Cold back, yeah, come on now, yeah. man, yeah, yeah, it's gotta be crazy, yeah. So I'm really hoping WWE knocks it out the park with this one, yeah, for sure. Um, because so are we, yeah, because so are we. if you bring it back, Stone Cold, don't mess this up. Yes, yeah, you know? yeah. Well, here's the thing: if you don't end up going and you don't have plans, 
we plan on having a WrestleMania pre-show on both days. Oh, nice. And we're going to preview what's going to happen that, that night, talk about it and everything. And we're planning on doing it as maybe like a Facebook Live as well as recording it like we're doing now. Nice. Um, and so if you're interested, we'd love to have you on with us to talk about uh, WrestleMania. If you're when, not when there. is this? When is this? We're talking it's uh, April, April 2nd and uh-huh. 3rd. April 2nd and 3rd. If I'm here, I'm here. All right. Like if I'm in town, I'm here. Awesome. Right. Sounds, Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, so if you don't get a date, uh, but who knows, by the time this gets out there, you might find someone that will call you. Probably, oh, no. probably that dude that was all like, it's still real to it's me, still dude. Real, dad. <laughs> Just He's probably going to be pissed like, hey, you can't take my line, bro. <laughs> Just hand him a rose and say, right. I choose you. <laughs> anyway, want to thank you guys so much for tuning in on this very special edition of uh, the Bank of Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. We've had one hell of a time talking about Scott Hall and his illustrious career. And uh, there is no doubt we are definitely going to miss him. But the awesome thing is that we will have these memories that will last us not just that we can always go back and relive them yep. by subscribing to peacock and checking out the uh uh wwe network and uh thank god that's all available to us now so um but yeah so i'm gonna leave you with that and uh i'm gonna release this episode earlier than normal so that we can get this out there so people can hear it so um we thank you guys for tuning in and uh and just a quick heads up tomorrow night Wednesday. Oh, yes. Rob and I will be in San Antonio for AEW Dynamite. Yes, and we are so excited about it. I yeah. cannot wait. Uh, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker in a cage in match. A steel what? cage. I'll be there. <laughs> I'm sneaking in the back. So if you see cop lights, that's probably me. Got it. Nice. Got it. And I'm glad you paused us because I do want to get this out there to let you people know next week's episode, you guys are going to want to tune in. Um, because we have a special guest, uh, in indie sensation Max Heights will be joining us on the show. We're nice. going to talk about yeah. him, his career, uh, his his plans, his goals, everything. This, if you have not seen Max Heights in action, you guys got to get to a show where he is performing because he is amazing. Ain't I right, Chris? Yes, very we got, much. We got to see him in Uvalde, and oh my God, what an awesome show yeah. he put on. Rob, yes, is he cute, though? He actually is, yes. Right. <laughs> and we'll, we'll ask him if he's uh, available that weekend for you. <laughs> so you'll definitely want to tune in uh, to the show, and we'll also have some uh, uh, updates of our own from AEW Dynamite tomorrow yes. night on that as well. So uh, until next week, guys, we love you. Thank you for tuning in. And Scott Hall, rest in peace. You will never be forgotten. And, guys, we have no choice but to say goodnight to the bad to guy. To the bad guy. To the bad guy. See you all next week. Bye. You've been listening to the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. If you'd like to contact the show with your input or questions, email us at megapowerswrestling at gmail.com. That's megapowerswrestling at gmail.com. Also find us on all social media by searching Megapowers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Until next week, we wish you good vibes and Godspeed.